right now. You've been so good to all of us, oh God. God, we thank you for things that we didn't even see, God. There are things this past week we didn't even see coming our way, God. We don't scripture and your word your promise that for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and his name shall be called wonderful wonderful he is oh god mighty counselor god the prince of peace god and father we're thankful god that that promise has come to pass oh god oh god for those who don't know you today that don't know you God may you come to reside in their hearts oh God may they know you as their best friend God may they know you as way maker may they know you as miracle worker God may and God for being a promise keeper today we ask God that someone will be encouraged someone will be lifted up so Oh God, today may a heart turn towards you with confidence and with faith. May somebody say, I want you, Lord. Oh God, we pray that right now in the name of Jesus, that nothing would be higher than you. Oh God, that someone will make room for you in their hearts today, oh God. Oh God, we've been so cluttered with things have done is just burdened me down and so God right now in the name of Jesus we pray a peace where a person can receive a peace over their mind a peace over their spirit may they receive you God receive you in Jesus name oh God may they count you more important than anything in this life because truly you are the best thing that could ever happen and God we just glorify and we thank you we thank you for everyone that is here We thank you for our members that are at home and that are watching right now. We ask that you bless them, cover them, let your presence be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You guys can be seated. We thank God this morning. It's a good day in Jesus' name. A great day in Jesus' name. And we are so glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Just so glad to see different ones that are in the house of the Lord. And we just thank God for those that are at home because we do know God is watching over them and he's keeping them. And so we're grateful for that. Um, This morning, we just want to welcome the family of God. And as I look around, the family of God is here. Can you just turn to somebody and just say, so glad to have you here. So glad you made it. Come on, so glad you made it. 
So glad you made it in the door. Do you understand that? I was just thinking that, you know, we can make it in the parking lot, but anything can happen in a second, you guys. In a, in a, in a split second. And I'm so grateful that when I drove up and I saw that fence and I saw that it wasn't just flat ground, there was a ditch there too. And I'm like, oh my God, your hand, your hand. God, we just thank you. We thank you so much. You guys, as you go out the door this morning and you look, say thank you, Jesus. And remind yourself that God's hand is constantly upon us. Uh, Kathy Ann was telling me the car was total, but God, she was not. And I just thank God so much. She was not totaled out. Amen. I thank God for that. And I just praise him for his wondrous works toward us. I want to um, just give a little announcement this week we're going to partner with the garage of blessings to do a vision that God has given me a couple years and I'm just thanking God because it seems like every year when I think it's the pandemic or something we can't go forth God still makes a way amen and so I just thank God that this year we're going to partner again with them and we'll be giving out um the children it's our heart my heart is that children would learn how to give and this came from a vision I I remember my youngest daughter Jerrica she was really little probably about three and she uh we had Christmas and she just wanted to give so on Christmas morning we were just you know giving out gifts and Jerrica had this whole pile of gifts and we didn't know how did Jerrica get these gifts you know and she went in my room. She had taken everything and wrapped it up to give to my mom. To give, She just wanted to give gifts. And so it just really blessed our hearts that she, you know, wanted to give like that. And then what touched me was me and David was looking this year. And we didn't even know it, our little Zane, her son. So he, the first present under our Christmas tree is from Zane. And so we, I was like where did Zane get that from? And his mom was like, where did he get that from? And he said, this is from my mommy. And then he came and he whispered to me to let me know what it was. It was another gift from my house. But he had wanted to give to his mom. And so let me know the heart of children. You know, children, they usually love to share and to give until you know how we get older and so my heart is to keep that within their spirit and so at the garage of blessing this Saturday we will be um, having children come in and they can pick out a gift for their parents and so we have we have sign-up sheet that will be here if any of your children want to come the reason why there's a sign-up sheet is because of the social distancing we have to make schedule time so there won't be a influx of too many people and so if you sign up we'll get the best time it'll be from 10 to 2 there will also be sign-up sheets in various other places where um, children can come and pick up gifts if you want an opportunity to sew into this I mean, we the Lord has really blessed me this year to have the gifts that the where I wanted to go, the number that I wanted to um, see. But God is, I think He's going to do bigger than that than what I saw, and I thank God for that. And so, what I love for if you want to sh- uh, give a gift for a child to be able, there's going to be a table of gifts where they can pick out for their parents. If you want to sew that way, if you want to sew by just coming and being part of the setup crew, or we'll be setting up on Friday um, evening, and we'll also have the people that'll be there to help guide the children, you know, through the gifts and help them, you know, to kind of know what to to get. If you want to be a part of that. 
that, please let me know. And we just thank God for um, every child that will be able to come. You guys, if you have something that's at home or something, a gift that you want to buy or there's something that you have that you, you haven't used, please. It's something the children just love giving, you know? And so I, it was funny that as I looked last year and we saw the little, little gifts that children are adamant and the gifts that they'll pick up sometimes, you're thinking about that mom and they're like, they know their mom better. And so they, they would pick up little things that I'd be like, you think your mom's going to like that? And then she's going to love it. And so we just want, don't think about, um, what you don't have, think about what you do have, and that some child may love to give that to their parents. You know, God is, how many God has been bountiful to us? Bountiful. And sometimes we got gifts. Some people, uh, when I first started this, they, why I started it was how people would tell me they have wedding gifts. They have toasters. They have Christmas gifts that they got two and three of that they just got sitting there. And it just, it just told me, well, what, we could do stuff, something with that. There's people that would want a toaster and I got three. So those kind of things were, that would teach our hearts to give. You guys, if you would just help me out with this, I just believe that, um, there's going to be some parents that's going to be blessed. We have a lot of homeless parents that come into the garage of blessings. And so there's things like blankets and things that can think, that think about things that would keep them warm and so anything like that that could bless them while they're hat scars things that would bless them you know while it's cold so right now we just thank god and we're getting ready for the word of god um the word of god has been so good amen last week i got so much out of the word of god i got so much out of you know how to pray and i'm loving this prayer prayer uh, theme that we're going through it to learn how to pray and I just thought to myself you know none of us can walk around say I know it I know it all the disciples walk with Jesus every day and they said teach us how to pray they, they, they saw Jesus going off and they saw him praying to his father and they could see, you know, strength on him. They could see the miraculous coming through him and they knew his power was, was coming from a source higher than theirs. And so they said, teach us to pray. And so you guys, let's open up our ears and our hearts. There are times where we feel awkward, like I don't know what to say. There are times where we want to help people. Last night, um, I was walking around the house and thinking about, you know, our lesson with um, the women's prayer. Amazing. Just has just overflowed my heart. Just blessed me. But God was saying, um, Linda, sometimes, you know, because I'm one that wants to help you out of your problem. And God says, sometimes you want to help her instead of bringing her to the helper. And it really hit me that that's all we are as vessels to carry it to the Lord. And he's the helper that will show us what to do. And so as we get ready for prayer, for this second part of prayer, you guys, let's open our hearts. Let's see that God word that God has given us to unbind us in certain areas where we can pray without the enemy coming and binding us up and we can just be free with our father and talking to him in holy conversation and with a belief that he hears every single one of our prayers we just want to thank God for apostle David amen as he comes before us we say bless our apostle bless him body soul and mind in Jesus name amen
Well, amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we thank you. Lord, for all that you've already done today, God, we thank you for watching over our sister Kathy Ann, Lord. God, we just thank you for just continually showing your hand, Lord, that it's upon us at all times. Lord, and we ask you to be in our midst, God, as we've come together to worship and to magnify your name. Lord, to receive your word, God, move every hindrance, every issue, every stumbling block, Lord, and let us zero in on what your spirit is saying unto the church, God. Let us hear, Lord, in our spirit, man, Lord, that we may be able to walk out your principles, Lord, even when our flesh is resistant, Lord, that we can be, yet be able to do those things, Lord, that your word has instructed us to do. We thank you for those that are with us, God, both online and in the building, God, that you are with us, Lord, and God, that you're working on us. You're working to make us better, God. You're working, Lord, to help us even in the time of turmoil and pandemics, God, and shutdowns and the economic issues, Lord. You're helping us to know where to keep our focus, Lord, and that's on you, God, because all things are in your hands. You even said in Isaiah, Lord, that the government is up on your shoulders, God. So we fret not because of what we see and what we hear in this present world, God, but we look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. So have your way, God, and let your spirit move in this place and upon each and every hearer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. As usual, always good to be in the house of the Lord and with the saints of God. And as Pastor Linda said, we've been working this, you know, we've been praying and talking about prayer and having our Bible studies on prayer. Amen. We're steeped in prayer. But, you know, you can't talk about prayer too much. You know, because prayer is one of the primary things that we need in order to have a relationship with God. That's like having a relationship with your children or your spouse or your, your family member, but there's no communication. So that's not a very good or a very close relationship. But the more we understand him, the more we apply the principles of prayer, Amen. Prayer is never directed toward man, is never directed toward the angels, is never directed toward anyone but God. And when we understand that, that is that that is a you know, kinda of like your your private pipeline between you and God. Amen. And he knows and he speaks to us in prayer, amen, and through prayer as we just as we speak to him. So again, this is a you know, part two on what we were talking about on last week. How do we pray? You know, we spent most of the time last week just kind of setting the stage and really just talking about what it is, amen, that we need to understand about prayer so that we can be able to pray effectively. I don't know if it's this mic, is that me or is that you? I think I'm okay. You know, but as we were looking at these things, amen, we want to be able to pray Ready to pray when we pray. Amen. And that's, you know, in other words, what I'm saying is we want to pray with confidence. We want to pray with understanding. Amen. We want to pray with an assurance. And of course, we want to pray believing in faith that God is able. So as we look at this in our subtopic is, as Pastor Lynn was just touching on this, Lord, teach us to pray. As she said, the disciples, amen, they spent years, three and a half years with Jesus. 
Amen. The time that he was here, amen, they spent all this time with him watching his ministry, watching his habit of prayer, watching the things that he did, amen. But yet they had, at one point, they came to him and asked him, teach us to pray as John has taught his disciples to pray. And there's a lot in that prayer, amen, what we know is the Lord's Prayer, amen. And we're going to take a close look at it today as we really begin to see when he would begin to teach them how to pray, What did he teach them? What did he tell them, teach them to do when they pray? Amen. Because it's important when we pray, some things we need to be aware. We need to have awareness. Amen. Because why? We want to have that connection, that that a genuine encounter with God when we pray. Who wants to pray and and there's it's, it's a hollow prayer? Nobody, right? So we want to know, amen. We want to go in with awareness. We also want to pray with humility. Amen. Humbly recognizing and remembering who it is that we're praying to. Amen. And when we become humble, as the scripture said, you know, we come humble before the throne of grace. Amen. Now God can lend his ear, amen, to our prayer. It reminds me of, you know, the prayer and when spiritual talks about two men came to pray. One Pharisee and he stood up and smote his chest and, and just said, I'm better than other men. But then the other man, amen, wouldn't even so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven and said, I'm a sinner. Which prayer do you think God heard? Humble prayer. The one that God was, you know, looking to hear. We want to pray. When we pray, we want to do it in love and in grief. We want to do it, amen, in a way, amen, that helps us to, you know, come before God authentically, amen, in repentance and sincerity. We don't want to just pray just to be praying. Just to put a check in the box. Amen. But it's really coming before him. We want to do it with all our heart. As the scripture talks about, you know, serving him with all our heart. And when we pray, we don't want to just pray for ourselves. Amen. We want to pray for others. Amen. And we're going to talk about even that, you know, but we want to pray for others. Amen. Knowing, amen. Even if, you know, that other person is getting on your last reserved nerve, that's sure enough the one you need to be praying for. You know, one thing I, I've learned in prayer and living for God, it's hard to, to tear down or to stay mad at somebody that you're praying for. It takes you to, because when you begin to pray for that person, amen, it causes you to check yourself, amen, because you want to be, you're, you're going before a holy God. You know, so when you begin to pray for that person, pray for that husband when he's getting on your nerves. Pray for that wife when she's spending too much money. Pray for that neighbor, amen, when they're doing things that you don't like. You know, when you begin to pray for those things, it changes you. And you begin to see them in a different light. Amen. So again, we want to look at these things and we want to pray, amen, and hope, amen, that mixed with what? Faith. We talked about that some on last week, if y'all remember Amen. The, the acronyms that we talked about. Fear. What was fear? Amen. False evidence appearing real. And amen. So we don't want to we don't want to be stopped by the false evidence that's presented before us and, and recognize this that ev- evidence can be tangible. But God has a, the last word on everything and we need to really understand that you know we, we may see the x-ray may show a tumor amen and that's tangible it's real but how many times have we heard how God went in and removed the tumor amen he, he's able to do things that sometimes we don't even you know give him the opportunity to do it because we don't pray we just say well that's what it is 
you know, this is as good as it gets. You know, we, we park there as if there's no other alternative. But there's always an alternative for the child of God. And that's prayer. That's going to God, amen, and believing that he's able to do everything. You know, even Jesus, amen, when he came, he gave the disciples the words of prayer. He taught them and showed them. And he, he came from the book of Matthew, amen, in the sixth chapter, and then in the eleventh chapter of Luke, amen, we see the parallel passage that talks about, as we call it, the Lord's Prayer. And so we want to begin there. Let's begin with the book of Luke. We got some ground that I want to cover this morning. But in Luke, amen, I started the first verse and given some context, amen. He said, when it came, and it came to pass that as he prayed in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. He taught his disciples and he said unto him, unto them, excuse me, when ye pray, Say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also every I mean for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is, you know, a, a trun, as I, I like to call it, the truncated version, because when you go to Matthew, we'll see, amen, it goes on even further. But I, I don't want to stop right there, but I want to, you know, see, because he's still teaching them how to pray. He didn't just say that and stop. He said, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves my, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, and what is that importunity? Amen. We're going to dig into that just a little bit. Amen. It means to be persistent, especially to the point of annoyance. Remember, he's still teaching them to pray. But he's giving them an example, amen, of this man had a need, and he didn't just give up because he said, my kids are in bed, the door is shut. He kept on knocking. He, he was persistent. And, and look what it says. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Why? Because of his importunity, because of his persistence, because of his annoyance. He would not let go of the thing that he had needed. How many times have we prayed and we gave up because it didn't happen right away? But the Lord Jesus is talking to his disciples right here, and, he, and he's giving them an example, an illustration that this man didn't give up. He didn't quit. In the ninth verse he said, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that seeketh, I mean asketh, excuse me, receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh shall it be opened. Now when you say ask, seek, and knock, another acronym we can throw in ever together, ask, seek, and knock, A, 
A-S-K. What's that mean? It all boils down to asking. So we can remember that, amen. He's still saying ask. It's going to be open. So, I mean, if a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for the fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil, and he's talking to his disciples, in comparison to the Lord, he said, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now he just put, a, he just dropped a big eggshell right there, a bombshell, you know, because he's talking about a fish, you know, and a loaf of bread. But he said, if we ask, he'll give us, he'll go so far as to give us the Holy Spirit. Amen. In other words, he said he'll go so far, amen, as to come and dwell within us when we ask him. So what else would he withhold? If he would come in and, and, and dwell within us, amen, what else would he withhold for our good? If we would just know how to go before him and to ask with persistence, amen, even though it seems like I done prayed about this before. Has the Lord stopped you, told you to stop praying about it or praying for it? You know, one thing we want to recognize, amen, Whatever we pray, we want to strive to know, amen, that we're praying the will of God. And sometimes we as humans, we can't know that because we've got our own feelings, our own emotions and all those things. That's why one of the things that's important is that we have the Holy Spirit on board and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in prayer. The Holy Spirit, amen, will show us and even pray for us when we don't even know what to pray for, it says in Galatians. So it's understanding, amen, the thing that the Lord wants. So how many of us are ready to be, go before the Lord with that importunity, with the urgency, the troublesome or worrisome prayer? Lord, I'm, I'm knocking on you, though. I'm not going to give up. You know, what we say, I won't let go until, who was it that said that? Jacob, when he was wrestling, amen, with the angel, amen, he said, I won't let go. And he wrestled all night long. And the only way that, you know, he let go is the angel touched him in the hollow of his thigh, amen, but then he still blessed him. That's when his name was changed from Jacob, I mean, to, you know, Israel. So we need to understand, amen, persistence in prayer is one of the things that the Lord began right there. We're helping them to understand how do you, do we pray persistently? You know, and, and I could add in there consistently because it's, it's needed Amen. So that's when he spoke to them concerning the Lord's Prayer in Luke. So then we jump over to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Amen. And we see the parallel passage there. And Matthew records a little bit more, amen, in this area of the Lord's Prayer. And he beginning at the fifth verse, he said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street that they may be seen of men. Well, you just got your answer for prayer right there. If you're doing it to be seen, you're doing it to be recognized, that's the only thing you're going to get, is to get seen and recognized because you're praying, you know, for the wrong reason. You're praying to be on show. Amen. And then he says, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, 
pray to thy father which is in secret. Now here he's talking about that personal prayer, that one-on-one prayer. There's personal prayer and there's corporate prayer. Here he's teaching them how to pray, amen, in a personal way. Go into your closet. In other words, you don't need to put on a show. I mean, you think about it. Most of us say, man, we, there's, there's things in our life we don't want nobody to talk, know about, amen, our struggles or whatever. But God, when we go before him, he says, come before me in secret. Go into your closet. And that doesn't, you know, some of us say, man, we go right into the literal closet. But what he's saying is shut yourself apart from everything and everybody and let's have a talk. Amen. So we look at that. He said, and pray in secret. And then he goes on saying, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, although you pray it in secret, he's still going to bless you in a way that everybody else knows it and can see it. Amen. Why? Because that's how he is. That's how he operates. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not as therefore, therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. Yeah. That eighth verse kind of, you know, people use that. Well, he already knows what I need. Why should I pray? Well, we see many examples in scripture where people came to Jesus with obvious needs. The lepers came to me and said, what do you want? Which one do you do for you? Blind Bartimaeus hollered, amen. We talked about him, amen. And when he, Jesus told him, told him to bring him and he came and he asked Blind Bartimaeus, it's obvious this man want to see. But he still asked him, what would you have me to do for you? See, so in other words, the Lord wants us to ask because asking in and of itself is humbling. Not only is it humbling, asking lets him and us know that we acknowledge God above us and not, we are not on the same plane with him. Asking acknowledges that we have a need. So he wants us, to, even though he knows, amen, just like most of us, amen, with our own children, we know what their needs are sometimes, but we just wait for them to ask, wait for them to come right, amen. This is a part of he's teaching them how to pray. And let's remember that. He said, even though he knows, and then we go on into the, the ninth verse, after this manner, after he told him what not to do in prayer and to continue to ask, he said, now he goes into the, the, the Lord's prayer, and he said, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. There's a whole lot in there. We're going to you know, break it down. But there's seven petitions in that one prayer. And we want to look at each one of them. And there's a, there's a, a salutation, amen, and there's a greeting. And I call the salutation, it'd be like a doxology. He's wrapping it up, amen. So as we begin to look at this prayer, amen, he's telling them, he's showing them a pattern of prayer. He's showing them, if, if, if I could use the word, a formula of prayer. He's showing them an example, amen, 
amen, of prayer. And in the 14th verse, he said, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Let me say that again. If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You know, and that's probably one of the hardest parts right there is, is forgiving others in that whole prayer because people do things that hurt us. People do things that make us upset. People do things that we don't understand. Amen. And, but yet he's saying, if you forgive them, I'll forgive you. So how could these, 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 these folks stop us from getting the forgiveness of God? Because we allow ourselves to get a hardness of heart. Amen. So he, he's emphasizing this. You know, he's already told him in the prayer, but he's emphasizing this point, amen, because it's a very important point. In order for us to have a pure heart, a clear heart, amen, before God, we cannot run around with unforgiveness. Amen. That will in itself separate us from the Father because he wants us to be like him. And if he been so loving and graciously has forgiven us, has forgiven me of all my sins, how could I hold anything against somebody else when I received freely without merit just because of the grace of God amen and that forgiveness was one of the things that helped change my life amen how about your forgiveness can help change somebody's life when you do it in Christ amen he said but if ye forgive not men in the 15th verse you see if you forgive not men their trespasses neither Will your father forgive your trespasses? Wow. You can't make that any clearer, any plainer. But Jesus felt it important to really emphasize that point when he was teaching them how to pray. In other words, you want to come before the father with a pure heart, with a clear heart. And you cannot, and I can't say it strong enough, we cannot do that with unforgiveness in our heart. It hinders us. It stops us. I mean, you know, there's certain things the scripture is real clear about, amen, that hinders our prayer. And this is the number one, amen, that will hinder our prayer with God is unforgiveness. In another place I'm reminded where he tells the men to dwell with your wife according to knowledge, amen, that your prayers, what? Will be not hindered. Amen. Things will hinder our prayer. We need to recognize that. And I don't want my prayers hindered, Right? How about you? Do y'all want your prayers to be hindered because you, you're holding on to something and you're, you're not doing what God said to do? Amen. So we, we, we thank God for But when we look at these seven petitions, not eight, not nine, but seven. And seven in Scripture, it connotes a completion or perfection in Scripture. Amen. In other words, he's letting us know that this is a perfect prayer perfect way to come before God. When we acknowledge these things, amen, and come before him, the Lord's prayer is that, that complete summary, amen, of his divine teaching right there. So if we would just learn how to do this when we go before the Lord, because when you do this, you cannot get through it without checking yourself. And that's so important, amen, because when we, when we go before him, I don't care if you, you, what you're asking him for, amen, a job or whatever, amen, when we acknowledge him in these ways, 
It causes us not to be haughty and high-minded. It brings us down. And it causes us to be humble and acknowledge that I can't do nothing without you anyway, God. You're the one that's got to open the door. You're the one that gave me the knowledge to gain wealth. Amen. You, it's you. Amen. So seven principles. Amen. And we think about the number seven is, is repeatedly used throughout Scripture over 700 times then number seven is used. So it lets us know, amen, that, you know, seven days of creation, amen. All these things, we go into Revelations, amen, it talks about the seven churches. All these things are important. So we, we look at every aspect here, amen, wanting to get an understanding of what it is that God wants us to see. Seven, again, connotes, amen, the concept of completion, perfection, exoneration, healing, amen, fulfillment, and promise of promises and oaths. It is complete. It is done when we go before him. Amen. So we thank God, amen, that he gives us this. So pray and pray for me as we go through this because I really want to get through these seven points. Amen. And we got some ground to cover. Amen. I don't just leave anything out, but I want us to get there. So one of the first things he said, and he opens the prayer with a salutation, our Father who art in heaven. This address affirms the core belief of Christians that he is our celestial father. Amen. And, and both in spirit, amen, and here with us. He is our father, amen. And he comes from the perfect realm of heaven. Now, when we look at heaven in that passage, you know, thou art in heaven. Don't just place heaven above the cloud. Because even John in the book of Revelation talks about three heavens, the different levels of heaven. Amen. The scripture talks about birds fly in heavenly places. And where are we? We're right there with the birds, right? So there's a heavenly realm that we operate in, and we need to grab hold and understand that. So he is our father. And when you think about heaven, heaven is a totally separate realm from this natural earth that we experience. So when we think about that, amen, Realizing that he's right here with us in a whole different realm. But he's our heavenly father. And I, I want to stop. I'm going to change this mic because I don't know what's going on here. This one too. keeps popping. Hallelujah. Okay. Because I don't know what's going on. We don't need all that popping. Amen. But when we look at this, amen, when we talk about our father, those first two words say a whole lot. It brings us together as a Christian community, but not just the Christian community. Around the world, it brings all mankind together. Because he's the father of all mankind, those that have acknowledged him and those that have not. And when we recognize that, amen, it doesn't leave our enemies off the hook or any of that, but he says, our father, he is the father of mankind, period. So we grab a hold of that, and we understand that that gives him the authority to hold every single man, atheist, agnostic, whatever they might call themselves. He has the authority to hold every single one of them accountable because they can't divorce themselves from our father. He is just that. That means that's like my three sons, the one deciding, well, I, you're not my dad. Well, that doesn't change your DNA. You know, you're going to be accountable. I was thinking about that earlier. You know, it's, it's just the same as, you know, if we see a policeman, we slow down. Why? Because he represent, represents authority. Right? We, we follow the laws. But when we don't see him, game on. 
Yeah, uh huh. I know, I know, I know. But see, if you get on one of these toll roads and you ain't paying attention, how many of us, oh, you don't have to raise your hand and telling yourself, but you ever got a, a, a ticket in the mail? Oh, I see some hands going up anyway. You didn't pay attention, you didn't see it, but it saw you. And not only did it see you, even that, though you were doing 70 or 75, it still took a picture of your license plate at that speed and sent it to you so they know it was you. I got your address on your car. And what, what am I saying? Even though you may not see God, he sees you. Amen. He knows how to send it right to your address because he's your father and he knows where you are. He knows where to find you and you cannot elude him. So when we look at our father, amen, which are in heaven, understanding, amen, those things, amen, acknowledging that address that he has a legitimate authority over every single person on the planet. Amen. So when we go to him, we can tell on our brother, you know, we, we can be the snitch. We can tell on them to the Lord. Amen. Notice how I put emphasis on to the Lord. Sometimes we want to go tell everybody else. Amen. But if you haven't gone to them, the only other place you have freedom to go to is him. And he's going to point you back to his word, which says, now I need you to go to them. And not only he just said that in his word, them, he says them and them alone. So every time we step out of that and we go to somebody else before we've gone to them or to the father, Amen. Now we're stepping outside of his will and his word. Amen. I haven't found that scripture yet. Maybe I'm not a good Bible scholar where it says, go tell your brother what your, your other brother did. Amen. Even in Matthew 18, it talks about how to go to. Amen. It's a process. And it starts off with going to the individual. Amen. So we don't want to just, you know, kick anybody to the curb. We want to Love on everybody. Whether they acknowledge him or not, we want to treat people, amen, the, the way the Lord desires us to treat them, amen. And as we do that, we can move forward. Now, the first principle or a petition, amen, that we look at here, amen, is hallowed be thy name. In other words, I come to lift up your name. I come to magnify you. I come to recognize you. And hallowed means holy or sanctified. And, you know, I think about that, amen, the Jew, and the rabbinic Jews, the Jewish people won't even speak the name of Jesus because it is so holy. When you read one of their texts, amen, they won't even put it in print. So they say Yahweh because they won't speak or print the name because they reverence that name so highly in contrast to the western world we throw it around like anything we'll even add it to curse words and everything else because we have no holy reverence of the name amen so again that's the first thing in this petition hallowed be thy name in other words we want his name to be sanctified amen it's the it's the epitome of, of holiness when we call upon the name of the Lord. This is again part of understanding how do we pray. We honor his name when we call upon him. We recognize you don't go in with our laundry list of wants and needs before we even say hello father. We honor you. I honor your name. Amen. In, in Samuel, amen. First Samuel 2, 2 it says this, there is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee, neither is there 
any rock like our God. There's none. Amen. None approach his excellence or his greatness. Amen. So as we understand that, we want to recognize his name. We, we understand that his, he is our mighty father. Amen. And when we revere and praise him above everything else, that is hallowing his name. Amen. That is giving him the rightful position that he should be in. Amen. Even in our time of prayer. Amen. We pray. Amen. That the entire world will recognize, is what he's saying, hallowed be thy name. Otherwise, let your name be lifted up. Not my name. We're not, we're not trying to lift up man. We're not trying to lift up, you know, all these famous people. I, I don't need to even call them with lame, but y'all know those names that pop in our head, this one and that one, and, and their name is up in lights, and we haven't even acknowledged the Lord. Amen. So we need to get to that place, amen, that, that when we make this petition before him, we recognize that we're giving him the honor that he is due, that he is God of all. He is the creator and ruler of the entire universe. That's who we are addressing. Hallowed be thy name. Then he says, thy kingdom come. <laughs> this is a twofold petition here, amen, because there's too many little kingdoms in the earth. Amen. You know, most, you know, people, when they don't really understand this, they, they're the king of their king or queen of their own kingdom. Sometimes, you, you know, I sit and I watch a couple, amen, and it don't take long to see which one is the ruler. It don't take long, amen, to see where, where the lines of power and authority actually lie, amen, because they've affirmed themselves in one way or another. But we need to understand there's only one supreme ruler, one king and that's him so he said thy kingdom come amen we pray this for the kingdom of God to come amen and to be formed here and now you know Jesus said you know that his kingdom was with him amen and we need to understand that we're not waiting until we're raptured out of here amen for the kingdom amen there's a kingdom that's coming we're going to look at that amen The, the present the physical kingdom but the kingdom is here the kingdom, the scripture says, is in us as his people. But we need to understand how to operate in that kingdom. You know, so he, when he says this, thy kingdom come, amen, we want it to take place, amen, so that we can live it in the world now. According to his ways and his principles, amen. We look at 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen. He said, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three but the greatest of these is charity, amen. In other words, that's how he wants us to live, amen. Operating in faith, operating in hope, amen, and operating in love. That's what charity is translated from, amen. So we understand he wants us to operate. That's operating in, the God's, in God's kingdom. And if you wanted to look at that whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, if you would take that chapter and read through it, amen, and everywhere it says charity, or maybe in your translation it says love, take that word out and put your name in there and see how we're doing. You know, when it said, I suffer long, I vaunted not myself. In other words, I don't get puffed up. Amen. I don't keep records of wrongs. Amen. That's what it's, when it's talking about love, it's talking about you operating in God's kingdom so that's a quick way to uh, a barometer to check ourselves amen when we're looking at this amen that we want to end up in that 13th verse amen where there's faith hope and 
charity, which is love. The second part of that, amen, is that we're praying for the new heaven and the new earth, amen, to be fulfilled. And it's going to be fulfilled, amen, and it can begin that fulfillment through us as his people. Amen. Because, again, this is all a part of him teaching them how to pray, amen, is to operate from this position of love, of faith, of hope, amen. Operate from this position in every situation, amen. And when we see it being fulfilled, amen, it's because we're honoring God in all that we do, amen. But we want to see, amen, when that kingdom comes, when the physical kingdom comes, that new physical kingdom come, I want to be a part of that one too, amen. And we look at Revelations on that one, amen, and it says Revelation 21, verse 1 through 4, and it said, and this is John speaking, amen, as he was given the vision from the Lord on the Isle of Patmos, and it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be their God. Amen. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Can we, can we handle that? That's something to look forward to, right? He said, he'll wipe all tears from their eyes and there should be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. So if we can get, just get through the now with a hope set in us, amen, to get to the then, everything's going to be all right. Amen. So when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, when we're praying through prayer, amen, we're praying for a hope that's beyond anything we experience now. A hope that's greater than what we're going through now. See, so it helps us to put everything in perspective, amen, because we're looking beyond the struggle, beyond the test, beyond the trial to the graduation. Isn't that how we did when we to get to college, amen, and, and to, you know, finish it? We just keep your eye on the prize. Anyone that goes to college, even the, the, the um, high school, you know there's going to be a test along the way. But the test, amen, are only preparing you for what? The certificate, the graduation. So the test that we go through now, amen, the struggles that we go through now, amen, when we pray, knowing how to pray, we know I can pray over this, I can pray through this, because this is preparing me for what's coming. This is not going to destroy me. It's not going to stop me. Sometimes we, we feel overwhelmed because of circumstances and situations. And that's why it's important to know how do we pray? Do we pray from a place of defeat or victory? Do we pray from a, a place of, of, of despair? Amen. Or do we pray from a place of hope? Amen. Knowing that this too is going to pass. Amen. Because God is in charge of time. Amen. And every day is another day closer to my victory. See, see, when we incorporate those things, amen, we can get beyond the loss and the struggle and the pain and the poverty and all, whatever you, it may be that the enemy's trying to use against you or me. Amen, then I got to move on. But in number three, he said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Wow. 
In other words, God reigns from heaven, amen, with compassion and justice. He reigns, and we're saying, let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You know, if I was the writer of that, which I'm not, I may have added in there and let it begin with me. You know, because we want to see everybody else, amen, doing the will of God. But when it comes to ourselves, sometimes well, we want to fudge. Amen. But no, we, we got to get it all together. Look what it says in Isaiah 30, 18. And therefore will the Lord wait he that, that he may be gracious unto us. And therefore I will, will, will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon us. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Amen. He rules and he reigns. He said, blessed are all they that wait for him. In other words, let his will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. How many times have we prayed for our will to be done? Remember, he's the one of justice. He's the one of judgment. Amen. But there's times, amen, where we want somebody to pay. Oh, y'all going to get quiet on me now. This time, we, we want them to pay. Even though they may have seen they're sorry. I mean, we, we want them to pay. Amen. We want to see justice done. We want to hold them accountable he's the God of justice he's the God of judgment we've got to trust him this is another place we need that, that, that faith amen a full assurance in trusting him he knows what he's doing let me, let me drop this nugget on you ain't nobody getting away with nothing amen I mean, in other words that, that's not good English but it's speaking the truth ain't nobody getting away with nothing they might think they are but God has his eye on every one of us. Amen. And if we don't line up to his way, he is the God. That's why I say, let your will be done. Sometimes, if, if, just, can you just imagine just for a moment, if, if you could have had your will done in certain situations? Then I, 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 I could probably say there's people that probably wouldn't be here today. Can I get an amen? There, there's probably people, amen, that you'd have just said, oh, they're done. That's our will. But see, that's not his will. See, we got to apply this. We don't want just his will to be done in the good, but we want his will to be done in the struggle, in the test, in the trial. We want his will to be done because he knows exactly what he's doing. And that means your children. How many, you know, if you go to a store, and I'm, I'm this kind of person, and I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. If I'm in a store and they got a baby just screaming and hollering and crying and, and just throwing a fit, I'm talking about a two, three-year-old just carrying on. I'm the kind of person, just let me have them for two minutes. Because I didn't come here to hear all that, number one. Number two, I see a child out of control. Number three, the parent needs help. So I would like to be the corrector, but I can't just go in and snatch somebody's kid out the basket. So I got to pray. And I keep moving on. Amen. But how many times have we felt like snatching somebody? And I'm not just talking about babies and children. Not that I would snatch a baby. I don't want to put that out there. But y'all hear what I'm saying? That's your will. But when we pray this, it puts us back in the right position. Your will be done. Let his will be done. Pray for his will to be done in that person's life. Amen. And when we do that, it, it helps us to keep ourselves in check. We want to be in the will of God, amen. We want to be in a place, amen, that 
I'm not trying to run the show. Amen. His word, amen, is full. Amen. Let's look at Matthew. Amen. Thank God. Matthew 22, amen, verses 37 to 40. We're talking about letting his will be done. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This petition is, is, is very clear. We got to get ourselves out of the way. Because then he says, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Notice the, the word neighbor there. He didn't say your brother. You know, that would include all Christians, your brother, your sister in Christ. But when he says your neighbor, we all neighbors on this planet. No matter a man of their faith, their religion, their, their sex, their orientation, we all neighbors on planet earth. In other words, he says love all of mankind. Amen. This is, this is one of the things to help us. I'm commanded to love that knucklehead that just cut me off. Hello? Amen. Not to give him, a, you know, the, the one finger salute, but I, I'm here to love him. You know, so we, we got, there's so many places we got to check ourselves, amen. So as we're praying and, and believing God, because God is in control, he's in charge of everything, amen. So that's the first commandment. And then he says the second is like unto the first. Oh, I just read that. Amen. Now, the 40th verse, on these two commands hang all the law. In other words, if we could get that, if we could get that, to walk in that kind of love, we would fulfill all the law. I know it's a challenge. Amen. But we got to get to a place where we, 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 we surrender our will to the will of God. We just surrender our way to the way of God. We humbly bring our request before him. And how many of us know if we go before the Lord and say, Lord, kill him, he's not going to listen to you anyway. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. Because I might not be here. Because I know there's people I've upset and been made mad you know, over the years. But see, I thank God. See, that's why you know, people say, we're going to pray for you. I don't mind because if you pray crazy, he's not going to listen to you anyway. You know, sometimes you just can't let anybody pray for you. Well, you got to think about who they're praying to. And I'm his favorite. I don't know about the rest of y'all. Amen. He, he ain't going to answer them crazy prayers, amen, coming against his favorite. Amen. So, my, so I'm all right. Amen. As we stand on his word and we, we trust him. Amen. So we want to understand that. We want to give God, amen, the authority to do what he wants to do and get ourselves out of the way. So we, we can might live the way he wants us to live. Number four. Amen. The fourth petition in that prayer is give us this day our daily bread. All right. Just as food nourishes our body, amen, amen, the good news nourishes our soul. See, when he's talking about this, he's just not talking about something to eat. We need a daily portion of his spirit. We need a daily portion of his presence. We need a daily portion in his word. Amen. We need a daily portion calling upon. So he's saying, give us this day our daily bread. It instructs us, amen, that man shall not live by bread alone. 
amen, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if, if we're only thinking about bread or, or, you know, our natural needs when we, when we get to that part of the prayer, you've missed the biggest part, which is the spiritual need. And we need that every single day because every time we leave our house, sometime before we leave our house, we need to be called on the name of the Lord. Amen. Lord, give me the strength. You know, keep me to the cross. Whatever it takes, amen, so that we can operate. Look at Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter, verse number 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to be hungry and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did your fathers know, they, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord, doth man live. In his word is life, nourishment, fulfillment, the things that we need. So, so when we're praying, amen, we need, we need to begin to pray, amen, Father, feed me today. Give me what I, my spirit, man, what it needs today to deal with what I got to deal with today because today we're going to deal with something. And if we got the word on board, amen, we got strength. But if we're not, all of us, most of us know, I won't say all of us, but most of us know when you go two or three days without eating, your physical strength begins to wane. Amen. Imagine if you go two or three days without praying and you're not feeding your spirit, man. The flesh begins to what? It begins to rise up. Why does it rise up? Because you're feeding the flesh. Naturally, but your spirit man is becoming weak because you're not giving it any nutrition from the spiritual side. So we need to understand it's important, just as important, even I would say more important. I think Job is one that said, you know, he desires the word more than his necessary food because he understood which one were more, which was more important. Though this flesh perish, my spirit man will continue and I want to feed it. Amen. So in this appeal, amen, we, we have to understand the spiritual substance that we need amen to, that's going to fortify us amen to be able to stand when trouble comes amen it's going to help us amen and nourish us up in the word and in communion with and from the Lord and with Christ we need the bread of life I mean I'm not talking about wonder bread I'm talking about the bread from heaven just as that manna amen it came down and we look at John Amen. As he talks here, and Jesus was speaking again, and he's teaching them in John, the sixth chapter, starting at verse 48. I am that bread of life. Our fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is that bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. Let's stop right there just for a moment. In other words, you know, your whole wheat bread ain't going to give you everlasting life. It's going to pass through your system. You will need some more. Amen. But he said, if you eat this bread, this bread of life, he said, we will what? He shall live forever. If we keep that bread on board, that word on board, amen, that we live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 
See, the Jews didn't understand this. In verse 52, it said, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And we represent that when we, when we do the communion, when we, we take the Lord's Supper, amen. It, it represents that, but he goes on to say, he said, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, either, I mean, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at that last day. My flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth of my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the Father liveth, hath sent me, the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me even shall live by me. This is our life. His word feeding us and strengthening us and building us up with so many things in this world encroaching upon us and coming against us and, and vying for our attention, amen, and our flesh longing for this, that, and the other thing. This is the word, the word of God seeking him, amen, and allowing it to have its way in our lives. This is what gives us true life and helps us to stand, amen, to do those things that that he wanted to do. He said, this is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Said it again. It's going to be forever. Hallelujah. We thank God for his goodness. Amen. And then we get to number five real quick. He says, and give us, forgive us our trespasses. I kind of touched on this one already. As we forgive those who trespass against us. This section of the Lord's Prayer, again, has got to be one of the hardest ones to follow at times in our lives. Because we want what we want. We don't want nobody to get away with nothing. Amen. And sometimes it's harder to forgive. And the Lord knows that's why Jesus put the special emphasis in this area when he was speaking to his disciples. Amen. It's a request that contains much wisdom. While anyone can ask to receive forgiveness, reflecting on the way that we forgive others can lead us to a practice of grace which is transformative in our lives. When we really learn to forgive others no matter what, it, creates, it brings a transformation in your life. It changes you. Amen. This is when we become, become more and more like Christ. Because we see the example of Stephen. He forgave while they were killing him. We see Jesus on the cross in 100% of his humanity. He forgave those who crucified him. Examples, amen, that, that transform us from the natural into the spiritual mindset and operating Amen. Because we need forgiveness. Amen. There's times that we need forgiveness. There's times, amen, it's, it's hard to forgive. Amen. It's difficult. Amen. But the Bible doesn't give us any leeway. Because he's pushing us to a higher place. He's pushing us to a higher standard. He's changing us. Amen. If we would allow it to have its way. Amen. It wants to bring us to a place in our mind that we, we become united in mind and heart with God. When we forgive, when we truly forgive. Look what it says in Mark eleven twenty five. And when ye stand praying. Now we come in to pray to who? 
God. He said, when you stand praying, forgive. First thing to do. He said, when you come to me, and there's a place where he said, if you got an art against your brother and you come before the altar, he said, leave your gift, go be reconciled, and then come back and pray. This is an important area that he wants us to get. He said, when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. You mean, I, I, I got everything right, but I'm just holding on to this. Well, as soon as you forgive it, he's going to forgive you. Amen. Because he does not want us to have a hard heart. You can't have a hard heart. Amen. And be in right communion with God. He wants to change us. So when we pray, we do these things. Amen. We got to choose to replace resentment with forgiveness. Amen. To reflect the love and the mercy of God in our actions, not just our words. I think about the passage that says, you know, if your enemy hunger, do what? Feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. He said, pray for those who what? Despitefully use you. I mean, it's all throughout scripture. He wants to help us to elevate ourselves beyond the natural emotions and feelings and places that we can be stuck. And sometimes, rightfully so, because we've been hurt. But he says, don't stay there. Child of God, rise above it. Rise above it. Amen. Use it. Amen. Use it to get stronger in me. Use it to get closer to me. Amen. Number six, lead us not into temptation. Wow. And when you read that, you might think, well, would, would the Lord lead us into temptation? No, but he's speaking, lead us not into temptation because why? We're trusting in the leadership of God to lead us in every area of our lives, amen, so that we can be able to function, amen, and not be, be encumbered by these things. If we would trust him knowing that he's not going to lead us into temptation, but we will lead ourselves there left to our own devices. Amen. We don't always make the right choices. Amen. We don't always find ourselves in the right place. Amen. But we got to trust him. Amen. That he will, he will fulfill his promises. Amen. He will provide a way. Amen. So that we can escape. Look at 1 Corinthians. Amen. 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. <laughs> who will suffer you, who will not, excuse me, suffer you to be tempted above that year able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He said, when you, even when you find yourself there, call on his name. The way is already made out. Even when we get ourselves in a place, he says, I'm going to bring you out if you just call on me. Amen. He'll help us. Amen. He'll help us to overcome our weaknesses. Amen. That we might walk into his strength. Sometimes we say we got the king help us. Well, God can help you if you would call on him. Amen. You would trust him. And the last one, amen, he says, but deliver us from evil. Now, where do you think that might be coming from? The evil, the adversary wants to put in our hearts. Amen, the evil thoughts, amen, the evil deeds that he would have us to do. He said, deliver us from evil, amen. This petition, it covers so many times the things that we struggle with, amen, and we really need to take them before God. 
Amen. That we may be able to overcome the temptation. We may be able to overcome the sin. Amen. That's calling our name. Right in front of us. Ain't nobody going to know. God will. Amen. And when we do these things, we find ourselves entangled. Amen. If we just continue to seek the Lord. Amen. He will answer and deliver us. Amen. From these places. From our fears. Psalms 34 and 4. Amen. It says this. Hallelujah. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not just some. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. See, so again, all those things that we, we think we can't overcome, this, this appeal, I mean, we got to ask him, we got to seek him, amen, we got to come before him. Amen. Realizing that he is the almighty God. And he wants to deliver us and set us free. So what all this means, amen, the Lord's Prayer, amen, it's it's like a handy guide that we can get in our heart and our mind and remember how to go before him. And what to do, amen, to put him in his right place, to put ourselves in our right place. Amen. And to acknowledge him. This whole prayer it's really not about us. It's about him. When we think about it and we look at it, it's lining up with him. It's putting him in the right places, doing what pleases him. Amen. It's checking ourselves, amen, so that we can walk in right standing with him. You know, oftentimes, amen, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves in our prayer time. It's me, 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 I, I, I. And where is he? He's just there to cater to us? No, we're here to serve him. Even in our times of prayer, when we're hurt, when we're angry, when we're struggling, amen, we still go before him. And we lay our petitions and our cares on him, recognizing that there's nothing too hard for God, that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or even think, amen, because he is the ruler of the universe. You know, it's liberating to know that, that we have the freedom to go to him. Amen. And to, to receive, amen, his divine guidance and protections over and in our lives. If we just understand that. So if we, when we pray, it's just not haphazard. No, it's with understanding. It's believing and trusting in the name of the Lord. Be of good cheer. We have overcome the world. Amen. By being in relationship with the most high God. When we pray. I said when we pray. Give it the, the honor. And the respect. No matter what the prayer. Even when you're upset and you're angry and you're hurting. Still. The honor. And the respect. We go before him and we acknowledge him. He'll help us not to lose our mind. Amen. He'll help us to be able to stand in the right place. And when we leave that prayer, when we finish that conversation with God, that encounter, we should be able to walk away from there feeling better. We should be able to walk away from there lifted up. We should be able to walk away from there encouraged. Amen. And ready to conquer anything that comes against us. If you turn and you walk away from your prayer still feeling defeated, 
You need to go back. You need to go back. Because there's something we didn't grab hold of in that prayer. There's something that we missed in that prayer. Because you don't have any problems that's bigger than God. Neither do I. And we got problems. But what am I saying? They're not bigger than God. And we understand that. We know there's hope on the other side. Amen. There's hope even in this life. Let's stand. As I wrap this up, amen. But I, I thank God, amen, because he, he gives us a way out. He gives us the answer. He gives us the strength that we need, amen, so that we can overcome whatsoever this world may bring against us if we would just trust him. Hallelujah. So I just want you to bow your heads with me and, and I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. As we come reverently before the most high God. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know us. You know every individual under the sound of my voice, God. You know us better than we know ourselves as we acknowledge it, God. You, you say you are the, a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. You see us, Lord, when we're not even paying attention. And we thank you. We thank you for watching over us. We thank you for being a keeper. Lord, we thank you for being a yoke bearer. Hallelujah, a burden lifter. We thank you right now, God, as we learn how to come before you and how to pray. And what, when we humble ourselves in your presence, God, that you will hear us. Lord, and you go before us making way. So I pray over those, Lord. I pray over myself. I pray, Lord, of the challenges that we have in our lives, God, that we would know that you are greater than all these things. That our hope doesn't rest in what the, the doctors say or the, or the loan officer or the bank would say. It doesn't rest in our job. It doesn't rest in our, our spouse or our love. Our hope rests in you. Our strength and our deliverance, God, above all things and over all things, it comes from you, God. And those things that you would allow us to go through. Hallelujah. Just as you allowed your servant Job. Lord you recommended him. And Lord we don't like to hear it. We don't like to think it God. But there's some things that you recommended for us. That we may grow. That we might be strengthened. That we may draw closer to you. Help us father. Help us to pass the test. Hallelujah. You're not putting us in positions of temptation, God, Lord, but you're testing our faith, Lord, and you're testing our strength, Lord, that we might know where we stand without the result of sin, God, but an awareness. So we asked you, Lord, look upon these, your people, God. Help us, Lord, in our times of prayer to let our prayer be solemn, God, because we're calling on a holy God. Even as the cherubs and the revelations, they're holy, holy, holy. Art thou the Lord God? Lord, we, we call on you because you're holy. We ask you, Lord, to continue to work on us. Make us better. Make our prayer effective. Let our prayer bring change in our lives. Change me, God, to be who you've called me to be. Each of us to be who you've ordained us to be in your kingdom. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now, if there's anyone here that hasn't given their life to the Lord, or maybe you need to recommit yourself, or if you're online, amen, reach out to us, amen, and we will definitely get back to you. Because God is calling in these days, amen. He wants us to, to know where we stand with him, not wavering, not doubting, but trusting God 100%, knowing that he is able to do all things but fail. So I'm going to turn you over, amen, to Pastor Sam to close us out. Hallelujah. Can we say amen for that word? Join us Wednesday night for the Bible study on Zoom at 7 p.m. Leader impartation will be held tonight via Zoom at 6 p.m. And we're going to ask you guys, when you uh, close up, we're going to place our chairs over to the side uh, in three rows so that we can keep them clean. Everybody say amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord God, for the word that came out today, Lord God. We thank you for the blessing, Lord God, that you was able to deliver today, Lord God, to see the miracle, Lord God, of how you orchestrated in our sister Kathy Ann, Lord God, letting us know, Lord God, that you are still in control, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God, as we leave this place, but never from your presence, Lord God, that you would go with us as well, Lord God, as you have always done in all of our lives, Lord God, that you are faithful to the day, Lord God, to watch over us, Lord God, and cover us, Lord God, keeping us in the the protection of your arms. And Lord, we ask you, Lord God, to lead us and guide us, Lord God, through our week, Lord God, commune with us, Lord God, to hear your revelations as you're revealing things to us, Lord God, that we have not yet known, Lord God. And all these blessings we ask your son, Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. Oh, we didn't do offering, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> the ushers.